This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get busy. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. And joining us, familiar faces and names to go with it. Rocco Rossi is the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Hello, Rocco. Let me just turn that mic on for you. Go ahead. A perfect face for radio. It sounded better the second time. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Gadette, the president of Bright Point Strategy, formerly head of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Hello, Kev. Hello, Johnny. Nice to be here today. Nice to have you here. All right. And Alyssa Freeman, who's a PR and pop culture media expert. How's Alyssa? Just fine, John. Thank you for asking. Good. If you're a media expert, maybe you can help me with this story. Mm -hmm. Jussie Smollett. This is the actor. Okay, yep. uh, let's not just uh, prejudge. No, okay. No, no, no. I'm going to be, <laughs> no, 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 no. Gonna be very objective. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the charges where uh, allegedly he lied to police about a racist homophobic attack have been dropped when a grand jury had uh, recommended 16 charges, felony charges, for fabricating a story to the police, falsifying reports. Uh, his lawyer said earlier this morning his record, quote, has been wiped clean. Prosecutor offered no detailed explanation, but uh, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel was pretty unequivocal uh, weighing in in his reactions to the charges being dropped. Listen. This is without a doubt a whitewash of justice and sends a clear message that if you're in a position of influence and power, you'll get treated one way. Other people will be treated another way. There is no accountability then in the system. All right. And that's the mayor of Chicago, uh, by the way, who used to be the chief of staff to uh, Barack Obama. And uh, from the prosecutor's office, after reviewing all of the facts and circumstances of the case, including Mr. Smollett's volunteer service in the community and agreement to forfeit his bond to the city of Chicago, uh, which was $10,000 U.S., we believe this outcome is a just disposition and appropriate resolution to this case. Rocco Rossi, Rahm Emanuel, was pretty straightforward. He thinks there's uh, two tiers of justice and Smollett caught a break because of his celebrity. Uh, Rahm is absolutely right on this. I, I mean, it it is ridiculous. $10,000, uh, the police spent that in the first half hour of the investigation of these uh, crazed, made-up charges uh, that uh, that he made. I mean, it's 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 awful. It's a travesty. So it's not like a rush to judgment, and they got it wrong. They got it so wrong. The grand jury got it wrong. I mean, even the attorney for these two brothers from Nigeria admitted that they were complicit in this because they thought he would help their career, for which he was paid, or they were paid thirty five hundred U.S. And there was a check made out to them. I mean, it boggles the mind that. The slate has been wiped clean. How about you, Kevin Gadet? Well, I, I thought I read on the news that Justin Trudeau was going to hire those U.S. prosecutors <laughs> to replace ours in justice to handle the SNC-Lavalin affair now. <laughs> I, I find this so hard to follow the bouncing ball on here. The, the, the two gentlemen, gentlemen, the two guys in question issued a statement that was tantamount to an admission of guilt already. So I'm struggling to under, not to mention the, the, the story today, the difference of stories between what the lawyer had to say about the perpetrators, b- blaming those two, two guys, and, and Smollett, who's blaming two white guys or something. It's all over the place. Well, basically, his uh, allegation was that he was attacked by guys who were saying this is MAGA country, they were white guys, homophobic slurs. And so... Uh, is it, look, the Chicago police are sort of now uh, positioning it or the prosecutor's office that 
there's a lack of resources and they've got, you know, a lot of crime in Chicago, violent crime. So they need the resources to allocate to that. Uh, but I would think this profile case, high profile, is important for other <clears throat> fundamental or underlying reasons uh, that it needed to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law instead of just giving the guy a waiver. Am I wrong, Alyssa? You're absolutely right, John. And I think that, you know, when I was following this case today, firstly, this is the number one story on Google on top of everything else that's happening in the world. And I checked a couple times today. And that in itself is sad. Well, but, and, yeah. and not only that, but nobody, and I went around the dial and I've been on the web, nobody can figure this out. There's a lot of people who are covering their behinds right now, you know, such as the very snap press conference by the Chicago police and Rahm Emanuel, the mayor, and saying that, listen, we did do a good job and we did, we are the finest police force in the country with all the platitudes that go on with something like this when... Uh, a case goes awry. And the issue is that there's an absence of information. And Smollett just seems to be able to get away with saying all sorts of things like, I would never let my mother down. I would never let the movement down. And some commentators were saying, what movement? What is he talking about? The LGBTQ movement? uh, What is he talking about? Well, he's sort of wrapping himself in some kind of virtue. Uh, But here's what you're referencing is part of Jussie Smollett's brief statement to reporters. I want you to know that not for a moment... Was it in vain? I've been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. I would not be my mother's son if I was capable of one drop of what I've been accused of. This has been an incredibly difficult time, honestly one of the worst of my entire life. But I am a man of faith and I'm a man that has knowledge of my history and I would not bring my family, our lives or the movement through a fire like this. I just wouldn't. Now I'd like nothing more than to just get back to work and move on with my life. But make no mistakes, I will always continue to fight for the justice, equality, and betterment of marginalized people everywhere. Again, uh, I'm not sure what that is. If he's delusional, in denial, uh, if there's a parallel universe we're inhabiting, or somebody's got it grossly wrong, and uh, I'm guessing by the bewildered looks around the table, we just don't know what the hell to make of this. Well, he's... Go ahead, Kev. Okay, sorry, Alyssa. he trots out this warmed over pappy progressive platitudes which so often work today and then he goes on and says and now i i've decided that i'm done with this and i'm going to move on and go back to work as if those bromides which mean nothing and sound nothing and answer no questions uh, other than to make himself try and sound like some type of colin kaepernick justice warrior kind of guy and, and and then he stands up and says i'm done i'm moving on which he thinks allows him to not answer any further questions but but too often that works today. It does. Well, that's an interesting thing. The public's perception is the public going to come away from this saying, well, he's exonerated because they've dropped the charges or he's just full of crap and uh, something else is amiss here, Alyssa? I think that, you know, if you look at the very beginning of this whole story, he started off with some very, very familiar tropes. For example, he was attacked and they were saying, this is mega country. They had homophobic slurs. I mean, it had all the elements of a great story and people jumped all over that and they were supporting Jesse Smollett and then it started to break apart. And again, he he reverts back to those sort of bromides that uh, people he think can get, can, uh, to, can rally around, except I don't know if that's going to quite work. First of all, they wrote him out of the script of Empire. Well, well they write him back of, in now. You know what? I have a feeling they will write him back in because after he was written out and this whole this whole scenario, ratings drop like a stone. All right. Well, so you know, by having the charges drop, 
Is he exculpated good enough to again be seen as free and clear and clean to go back into, again, a show like this, no harm, no foul, (laughs) or do you think there's going to be some in charge of that operation going, uh, no, even though Chicago, you know, the prosecutor's office dismissed everything and blah, 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 the public ain't buying. I, I can't imagine that the cloud completely settles on this and that he's brought back with open arms. I mean, the only movement I see here is a bowel movement, and it smells. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Smelly Smollett? That, that is the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, by the way. Uh, all right. And well, I bet they do bring him back. A so, little less poetic so, than so stay tuned. usual. All right. Well, that's that's The writers be... put out a tweet, actually. All right, and uh, saying what? Uh, would Say, you accept in, intimating, them back? Intimating that, oh, stay tuned because we have further developments coming with this show. So they yeah. want to gauge or take a sounding of the water to see how the public would react. Exactly. Isn't this going, this will be very instructive. To your point, Kevin Gadet, that there's a, a mood now, uh, I don't know, a collective consciousness thing. If, you know, uh, you're on the politically right side of things, you're more easily or readily forgiven. Maybe people like a redemption story. <laughs> I'm not really too sure, but this is a snapshot of where we find ourselves. Well, look, in the Rahm cont- Emanuel, not exactly a champion of conservative causes, right? right? The guy who was the right hand of Barack Obama has called it for what it is, which is a travesty of justice. And uh, so it, it's not like he can hide, uh, that Smollett can hide behind, oh, well, only the, uh, you know, sort of race baiters or, 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 um, uh, you know, radical alt-right are against me. Uh, no one can portray Rahm Emanuel in that I mean, in that light. At some point, shouldn't somebody ask him the fairly obvious question? Do you stand by your original statement that you were attacked by two white guys wearing MAGA hats and all the stuff that went with that? Yes or no? Right. Because either you believe it and it ought to be prosecuted because then it would be a seriously big deal or you, it's Crap, to quote you. Well, I just don't know how you square that circle when all of the evidence came in pretty overwhelmingly. Doesn't somebody have well, to ask him that question I'll somewhere? Tell you, yes, and somebody will, and it might be Gail King, because he may want to say, listen, I'm going to put this all behind me. But this guy is a real uh, attention whore. I mean, well, what, let, let's what, just, What's he going to do, stand up and say, uh, no, he'll yeah, get yeah, on yes, another it pro- did, yes, it did happen, but I forgive them. Yeah, but likely, likely Kevin, but he's going to use it on somebody else's very large platform. Maybe he'll sit down with Oprah. She seems to be the mother confessor to everybody who wants to uh, confess their sins. He will absolutely use somebody else's platform to continue to ha- tell his side of the story, especially right now because he doesn't have a job. But well, all right, so, Gail King, I guess she's uh, the interviewer. That's bl- right, from woman, CBS this morning. Yes, basically uh, when he was giving his spiel about all of this and how he's going to stand up still for you know the community and blah blah. Blah, this was the original accusation or allegation he made and she capped the interview by saying beautiful that's beautiful you know which obviously uh looked like he was it was a home game instead of asking some serious questions <laughs> however uh i did want to uh, get around to uh other... we live in weird times man we... it's just weird <laughs> well here's now another interesting uh story of whether or not uh you know they'll be welcomed back into the fold uh jane philpot jody wilson raybold uh According to Lisa Raid, who was with us just before you arrived, uh, she's a deputy leader of the opposition. Her contention is next week the caucus will do the dirty work for Justin Trudeau so he doesn't, you know, he can say it's at arm's length or he's acceding to the wishes of his caucus. They're going to turf the two women 
out of caucus, uh, as has been suggested by others in other liberal quarters, including Sheila Copps. Get rid of them. Uh, who will rid me of this meddlesome priest? That kind of idea. Murder in the cathedral and all. It's uh, jettison the two. Do you think that's going to happen? The caucus will uh, get rid of them? This is a situation where um, they're damned if they do and damned if, they're don't, if they don't. But uh, I think um, you're seeing an, an enormous amount of frustration by other members of, uh, of caucus. They've been, you know, even in interviews, you're starting to see the, the, the tempers fraying. Uh, and I expect that, um, that, they will, uh, that they will act and... All right, the and so we'll say, look, that's uh, that was a decision of caucus. But will that just add uh, more, uh, you know, inflammatories to this whole festering thing? Look, this was supposed to be um, sunny ways. This was supposed to be a new way of doing politics, and it comes back to the old ways of doing politics with which Sheila Copps knows very, very well. All right. Uh, let's come back. We'll pursue that a little more fully. Of course, the Donald Trump decision with the collusion and the Russians and all of that has fallen apart, uh, but there's still other narratives to follow up on, including uh, another issue with Donald Trump. And when these visiting teams to the White House who have won championships have members recuse themselves, it doesn't look good on the various leagues. So should that be discontinued? That's another topic worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. And we'll pursue with our panel, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Gadet and Rocco Rossi in a moment on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. All right, we'll get back into it with our panel, topics worthy of discussion. And uh, the discussion that we were having had to do with the SNC-Lavalin affair and how this is playing out and, uh, you know, including, you know, the various media organs... An op-ed in the local fish wrap I was reading earlier today suggested that the greater public good would be served by the conservatives losing and therefore uh, damn the rule of law. But uh, that would be, by the way, a disservice to fish wrap. Speaking of which, you know, when it comes to my friends at High Street, Alyssa, you ever been? Yes, and I love it. And I went on your recommendation. You did. I did. I even asked. I said, I know. Checks in the mail for Johnny. You know what? I said, I'm here because, you know, John Oakley sent me. And they went, oh, he was here last week. It's delicious. I encourage everybody to go. Wow, there you go. Uh, it seems she, like... She, she hit me up last week, told me I had to go. It's a true story. She said, true you story. gotta go! Best fish and chips in the city. They're meat pies, bar none. It's a great place. Excellent service. You know, it sounds like I'm being paid, but if yeah. somebody wanted to send me bit. one of those meat pies, yeah, I would yeah, not kinda, say no. Kind of, sort of. A little I'll bustling t- in uh-huh. on Johnny's action I know, I know. I'll take a meat pie. I can only give pie. away so many yeah. free meals to you guys. A little over the top. I mean, uh, I was actually, had I been in that part of the city, oh. I was thinking I would have gone and had the meat went up and... Had everybody but this share segment into is it. brought to you by Pizzaville, so that's how we <laughs> I know, know. and well, I like Pizzaville too. All I wanted was a simple answer. You ever <laughs> been? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. When you talk to a foodie Five about food, later. you're going to get effusiveness about how wonderful it was. Well, that's interesting. You're a foodie, and so uh, you do set the bar relatively high. And as we uh, just heard from your very personal and laudatory testimony, this is the place for the world's best fish. Fish and chips and the meat pies. It's High Street. Open Tuesdays to Saturdays, fully licensed in the Donwood Plaza, Don Mills. Easy to get to. You take the DVP to Lawrence Avenue and head east. One set of lights east of the DVP along Lawrence, then you go north on Underhill, just around the bend, about four or 500 yards. You'll find High Street in the Donwood Plaza. Alyssa, we'll be seeing you there more often. Those directions <laughs> are correct, actually. Are, are, I followed them to a T. Did you? Okay. Yes, I did. Because Go I want on. to drum that home. Who, it's who needs ways? I've got John. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me get back into some of these topics worthier of discussion. Uh, and this has to do 
Look, on this Trump thing, uh, let me ask about this. Collusion story has fallen apart, uh, but Trump is maybe planning to pursue the genesis of this whole Russian thing uh, because it predates him. It gets into really a timeline that involves the Obama White House and granting surveillance to, you know, uh, people in the Department of Justice. Is that a trail that should be pursued in the interest of justice? Some might see it as being vengeful, uh, how do you see well kevin how do you see it uh yeah it's vengeful but uh in this case serve that dish of revenge warm not cold these folks took no circumspection they they accused the office of the president and the president two separate issues here one of them is more august than the other um of the commission of a crime they didn't even you know, mince words with the, it appears that there might be, or, you know, we're Alleged worried about. Or, or, yeah, there, there was no mitigation uh, at all. They went full bore. And I mean, I remember us talking about this and saying that I didn't think, not that I'm obviously that close to it, but based on what I'd seen, it didn't look to me like they would be successful in coming up with evidence of it's a tough bar, a high bar to prove. Uh, so yeah, I think the, pro- the president should, for especially for political partisan reasons, he's going to have to go back at them. I, I think the problem here at the root of it is the weaponization by Trump's foes of the Justice Department, the FBI. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty serious issue if you've got a functioning democracy. Uh, but a lot of people would say, well, you know, move on. Nothing more to see here, folks. But look, at the end of the day, the system worked. Allegations are made. An investigation happened. And there's been a, a lot of collateral damage. But there, uh, there has been a lot of collateral damage. But I, what, one of the things I found really interesting is there was a survey released um, yesterday or the day before, and they asked a thousand Americans, and they could do multiple issues that they were concerned about, and zero. Zero mentioned Russia or Mueller. Uh, So there may be a vengeful aspect to it. There may be an angle where, uh, you know, you want to make the other guys pay. But quite frankly, I think he's got to win. Uh, and and he should move on to the issues where... The economy. Yeah, yeah. Where, where it really matters for people. Because if this is about, if this is about winning the next election then he's going to need to stay focused on stuff that people actually care about. All right. Well, by that same token, then, uh, the Dems who continue to pursue this obstruction of justice because, I guess, the Mueller report or the AG's interpretation was rather vague in suggesting, well, he wasn't exonerated on that front either. They're uh, lighting on that as a potential avenue to continue down and uh, bang on this note. Would that be a mistake on the part of the Dems, Alyssa? It might be, because I think people are sick and tired of hearing about this. And I think that it's not even resonating with the American public, with the exception of Trump saying that they were wrong, I was right, and this should never, ever happen to another president again. And that is what people are going to remember. And the Democrats have to be very, very careful. If they keep hammering on this, I don't think it's going to put them in a good light. They've got 15 people who are running for the nomination. And right now their message is, like, they really don't have a message. And the thing that really worries me about this is that for two years, this investigation went on and the end result was as what many people are saying was a big nothing burger. So even if nothing did happen to every other um, country who uh, opposes the United States, this was two years of taking 
the U.S. government with their eye off the ball. All the things that they could have been concentrating on, they weren't concentrating on. So the best thing is to do, yes, serve up your little dish of revenge, but please move on and get back to the issue at hand. All right. Well, there are more issues at hand, and we'll get back to them in just a moment with our panel, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Gadet, and Rocco Rossi on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Back into it with topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. And with our panel, uh, here's another story close to home where Randy Hillier, uh, formerly a progressive conservative in the legislature from Easton, Ontario, uh, has gone to the integrity commissioner and he wants the watchdog there to uh, look into his allegations of, uh, well, Ford uh, having friends in high places who might be exerting inappropriate influence over the government's operations, and he says constraining the voice of elected politicians. Give a listen to Randy Hillier. I think it's clear a lot. There is an understanding by many people down here uh, in Queen's Park that there is a culture um, of fear and intimidation. Pretty serious uh, allegation there, and I mean, Randy Hillier, whatever one may think of him, I guess uh, people close to the know say he's a maverick and uh, shoots from the lip and so on. But Kevin, let me ask you, can this do uh, serious damage to Doug Ford? Only if there's some type of, I don't know, very specific evidence of, of, of incidents <clears throat> of which I'm not aware, and I don't think Randy's aware, given the vagueness of his comments, there's a negative culture, he suggests. Look, it's the, the Conservative Party have been in opposition for 15 years. Randy, of all people in that caucus, doesn't work and play well with others. He never has. And I just don't think he understands the way government works. So the, the, the Premier has a hand-picked chief of staff and who, like Gerald Butts federally, speaks with the voice of the Premier. And sure, there's room for conversations, but at some point you get to get on the Butts bus. Mr. Butts is gone. Yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Um, but he had good reason, you know, yeah. when you're obstructing justice or getting the alle- allegations. Alleged. Well, alleged. Right. Look, um, uh, here's the allegation from Randy Hillier, Rocco. Uh, yeah. Unregistered lobbying by Ford's friends and advisors. Uh, that's a pretty heavy a- allegation. Look, uh, family breakups are always the worst, always the meanest, always uh, because people's feelings are hurt and you lash out and... You know, until any of this is actually proven, uh, all I'm all I'm hearing is um, someone who's very hurt that he's been uh, kicked out and is lashing out. How about you, Alyssa? Your thought? Well, I tend to disagree because, you know, Kevin does mention quite rightly there's no really specific allegation here. But there really doesn't need to be because, again, when talking in those very, very broad strokes, it's a culture of fear, uh, too many people in high places, too many friends in high places. These are things that people understand. So from a communications point of view, while this guy may seem like a bit of a, a gnat that you just want to swat away, when this comes to you and you're sitting there in the communications office, it is a big deal. You start gathering the horses, you start having the meetings, you start strategizing, you start creating key messages. And if he keeps going on and on, then that becomes more of a problem because then there becomes more of a narrative that you have to start to fill in. So the best thing to do in this place is try and put a ribbon around this or try and create some sort of narrative which um, shows that Randy Hillier really doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, and try or, and, 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 and take that narrative. Or he has nothing new to add other than the same vagueness. It, it's true, <clears throat> but again... Like, do you think it, it has legs if he continues it, it to say... It, well, if he continues to say the same 
sentence over and over, do you think that makes a difference? Well, that's where you start to discredit it with uh, a really strong narrative of your own. So while, you know, you talk about the absence of allegations, you talk about this is just sour grapes from somebody who didn't get his way. You talk about, listen, you know, when you're in the party, it is one for all and all for one. So, you know, there is a certain way that government works, and whether he wants to understand that or not, but by trotting out the sort of little, the poor little me, the, the little guy is under the gun here approach, it does have some appeal short-term appeal, but it does have some appeal. Well, he says he can't discuss specifics about the allegations for fear of impacting any potential investigation by the Integrity Commissioner, which perhaps speaks to the point you're making, Kevin. Can't discuss specifics, so where do we go here? I mean, uh, is it up to the Integrity Commissioner? And you're saying then the Conservatives would do well, though, to try to get out in front of the story. Maybe they can borrow Katie Telford's Rolodex and uh, <laughs> seed some stories in a friendly manner. I'm sure they already I think, have. I don't think Heather Malick will be writing any sympathetic pieces. Well, see, that's part of the problem, though, because if you've got any scintilla of something to go on and uh, you have a media that's oppositional, they'll just take this now and run with it or try to blow some, uh, you know, oxygen into it to see if they can uh, start a f- an inferno. However, uh, we'll wait to see what the outcome from that is. On another matter, I've got to ask, because uh, <clears throat> as we've got uh, a few waning moments yet, you know, yesterday, the Stanley Cup winning Washington Capitals, uh, they had to stay home, actually, to go and visit the White House uh, because that's what happens traditionally with these winning sports teams. They get an invite to the White House. Capitals went, but one of their members recused himself, a Canadian no less, which is kind of, but there was Alex Ovechkin and all yeah. the other guys. Now, if Alex Ovechkin showed up, is that proof of Russian collusion? <laughs> I was just thinking that as soon as it came out of John's mouth. Of course, Alex was there. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe they should have asked him to stay away. Or yeah, an if arm's that was length. the one guy to stay <laughs> away, I would have had him stay away. You know, and uh, that's actually coming from you, Rocco, because a Democrat would actually default to that kind of thinking, wouldn't they? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're really grasping at straws right about now. But no, I mean, is it time because this is, well, maybe it's just the Trump phenomenon. Nobody seemed to have a problem with Obama, except uh, at the Tim Thomas when he was a goaltender for the Bruins and they won an 11, he stayed away because he felt Obama's policies or what, whatever were antithetical to his own. But, you know, is this still a ritual worthy of continuing, you know, the visit to the White House, the requisite visit, or maybe to the prime minister here, Kevin? The, the history of the invitations, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a novelty to them at the beginning and the president could cover himself and the, the, the brand benefit of being associated with these winning teams. It is now a perfunctory, obligatory happening, and, and and I don't believe, so your point is, I don't think there's any benefit to it, because everybody just goes, oh, yawn, I don't care who goes or doesn't go. Every president doesn't, and it's a meaningless activity. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, let's take the personality out of it. There's the office of the president, If and, you know, I'm, I'm not hobnobbing with the, the president on a regular basis, so if I played hockey or basketball or, or football... Uh, then um, I think that would be pretty cool. I think that would be a highlight again. Um, so you wouldn't find anything office. offensive about the office holder per se, right? And you wouldn't let your own personal politics interfere with it. No, I, I, I think it's I think it's an honor to go uh, to go to the White House or to go um, to Parliament Hill and uh, and be feted for achieving something that as a team you've worked hard. Uh, your entire career to achieve. Would you maybe sneak into the Lincoln washroom and try to steal a hand towel as a memento? For sure. I'd there take you go. Three. Well, okay, I'm not alone in that regard. <laughs>
All right, I'm Alyssa's convinced. just shaking her head. Got to ask, finally here, uh, Apple. Yesterday, uh, Tim Cook, their CEO, was making uh, much fuss. Tim about, Apple? Yeah. Ap- Apple Cook. <laughs> Apple Cook. Uh, <laughs> Cooked Apple. They're they're pivoting away from uh, hardware now because, I mean, you know, the iPhone is ubiquitous and the iPad and everything like that. Actually, uh, the stock dropped because, you know, uh, lower than better returns, I guess, on the hardware component. But they're now going to be seen as more of a service company, uh, issuing a credit card with Goldman Sachs, uh, more cloud storage, streaming movies. They're getting into competition with Netflix and Amazon, Hulu, and the rest. Uh, a gaming hub as well, with like 3,000 offerings of games, or maybe even more than that. I think it's 300,000. It's insane. But uh, will this now be a meaningful, bold step forward for Apple? Do you think uh, boosting consumer choice this way, the public uh, is going to be heartened by that? Is this a winner for them? Absolutely. Like, if you look at it in this way, that like, you know, say that you're in your living room and Apple owns a little bit of, of all of that. You can stream something, you can play a game, you can buy something online using their credit card. They are now becoming very, very pervasive in all those parts of your life that don't necessarily just depend on you buying a phone. So by sort of stretching and thinking out of the box a bit, out of the phone box and and going into all these different lines of businesses where it's all part of consumerism, I think is a really wise choice. It it may or may not be successful, but the bottom line is there is, once you're a publicly traded company, uh, there is a certain amount of the tyranny of success. I mean, they've become massive, but now you have to keep generating growth. Uh, and if you're not finding it in additional hardware, then you have to look for other <clears throat> other ways. And how do you leverage uh, leverage the brand? So I don't know that they had much choice. But if you look at something like a company like Google that does a lot of investing in different things, for example, I think they invested in Nest which is the home uh, monitoring so that you're throwing off here. so much cash. So, so, you know, they want to be where in those usual places where people are rather than recreating them, the audience is already there. They're already, um, they already like to stream. They already like using their credit cards. You know that there's lots of gamers. So for Apple to infiltrate those particular spaces makes a lot of sense to me. So you're saying it's like a one-stop shopping center. Exactly. However, there's so much competition now on the field. I'm just wondering if there's any distinctions to be made. Like, would you be loyal to one alone or would you still, you know, go to Netflix because they've got series that you want? You know, do you subscribe to like four different services, Hulu, Netflix, Apple, Amazon? How do you do that, Kevin? You have enough hours in a day. I think this is actually what's pretty cool about right now with these these technology. You know, we saw the the announcement last week of Disney uh, taking over. Fox. Fox and therefore Hulu, and we've got a good number of new competing platforms. How cool is that? And I'll be interested to see at the end of the day how many are standing, and that's great for choice. Now, the comparison I make with the Apple decision is it reminds me a little bit, a little bit of the BlackBerry failure to move out of their hardware issue, and they got too late and they failed. And Apple is getting ahead of the curve because they recognize that they're probably a hardware risk going forward, so they're looking at you know, vertical integration and, and delivery of, of content. And I actually think that's an interesting strategic move. Even if they're a little bit behind the curve now, because Amazon's already in that space. They can uh, buy their way in. Well, exactly. And they're big enough to buy their way in and create a lot of noise about it. All right. Well, the capitalization of Apple is now, uh, I think, $900 billion, approaching a trillion. By the way, you said Disney took over Fox, not Fox News, because I don't want to see Hannity no. wearing mouse ears at nine. <laughs> well... 
You well, mean he doesn't already? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's I never watch. Yeah. yeah, I don't watch. I'm I'm with Rachel Maddow till yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine that. Goes into Davy Jones' locker. All right, uh, and he's going to be singing M I M O U S E. Very good. Uh, that's kind of the way it wraps here as well. M I C K E Y. Not a Mickey Mouse Why? endeavor. Why? Because we, we love, love Johnny. You. There you go. Honest to God, a lot of uh, millennials are looking up the reference there. What the hell? (laughs) Thank you all, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Gadette, and Rocco Rossi. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.